yeah, it's kind of a fascinating thing we are doing because it's in the way I think why so few people actually try to do something about it. It's it's too much at this. It's kind of the elephant in the room because what we are doing is basically medicine, right? It's the future of medicine. And because that's such a big fat problem, no one really tackles, tackles, tackles it. Everyone tries to do little things about it. Welcome to Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. This is the podcast designed to help you lead your life enthusiastically. Today, tomorrow, and every other day. I am your host, Ron Kaiser, positive health psychologist and coach, also keynote and TEDx speaker, and author of the triple award-winning book, Rejuvenating the Art and Science of Growing Older with Enthusiasm. As listeners to the podcast know, my goal is to always bring you enlightening guests who lead their own lives with enthusiasm, but have different ways of helping us to become better and healthier versions of ourselves. And we have a real treat in store for us today because we're going to be learning about something that we haven't really discussed on one of these podcasts namely how we can use artificial intelligence and other new technologies to be able to prevent and, again, continue to be the best versions of ourselves for as long as we can. Joe Bakhti is our guest, and he's the founder and CEO of uh, Quanchine with the mission to extend the healthy human lifespan by a decade within the next decade. Together with Quantine's team of scientists and engineers, he is dedicated to introducing cloud, artificial intelligence, and precision diagnostics into the standard of care to enhance the quality and accessibility of care for everyone and to protect human life. The difference between early and late detection can often mean the difference between life and death with respect to various diseases. In fact, early detection can increase survival rates in uh, colon cancer by 71 to 77%, uh, type 2 diabetes by 80%, and pre prevent 34% of deaths caused by heart disease. Uh, driven by uh, the desire to create a solution to make early detection and treatment solutions available to everyone, Joe and his team have designed 20 questions, a first of its kind platform, free for all to use, uh, and visitors to the site are asked 20 personal health questions before provided with accessible next step solutions that are designed to close that person's care gap and bring them quickly up to date on screenings for acute and chronic diseases based upon their responses. Sounds tremendously exciting and a lot that I want to learn. I'm sure that all of you in the audience want to learn it too. And so, Joe, it's a real pleasure to welcome you to Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. So looking forward to our conversation. Yeah, it's great to be here, Ron. Uh, very excited about our conversation. Great. 
So let me start out by, uh, as I said, this isn't something that we routinely talk about on the podcast. We haven't had somebody uh, uh, with specifically your skill set or orientation uh, uh, from the business standpoint. How did you happen to get into this? It seems like such a important area, but yet I don't think it's it's really well well defined or well covered by lots of people. Yeah, it's kind of a fascinating thing we are doing because it's in the way I think why so few people actually try to do something about it. It's it's too much at this. It's kind of the elephant in the room because what we are doing is basically medicine, right? It's the future of medicine. And because that's such a big fat problem, no one really tackles, tackles, tackles it. Everyone tries to do little things about it. But what we saw with a genomics background coming into, you know, the greater medical space, what we realize is there's this tremendous technology overhang in medicine and healthcare. So the technologies we have today to save patients' lives vastly exceed what is being deployed. It's like a weird overhang. So basically the, the world of technology and medicine, like the technological piece of medicine is probably 20, 30, 40 years ahead of medicine. And um, that never happens anywhere, right? If you have a new chip processor for a phone, it takes you know five years before everyone has it, not 40 years. So in medicine, we can detect most diseases at early stage. We can knock out cancer very easily as a population problem at this point, hmm. but we don't do it. Wow. And the question is, what is the problem here? And the problems are very manifold. There, there, there are lots of reasons why this is not happening. Regulation, by the way, is one of the um, smallest factors in this whole thing. It's not the FDA. It's not government regulations. It has much more to do with the centerpiece of medicine, how we practice medicine, what physicians are trained to do, what physicians are incentivized to do, and what physicians are not allowed to do. And that creates this giant friction in getting precision medicine technologies to patients, especially in prevention. Right. And in cancer, it might be a little faster. There's more pressure to late stage cancer care to get these genomic technologies to people. But in prevention, you know, people, the systems people think, well, it's not that urgent because people don't have a problem yet. At the same time, it's very expensive on a population level to roll anything out because everyone then gets it. And so that creates a lot of problems uh, for that prevents advanced imaging, advanced genomics, artificial intelligence, and all these core medical intelligence technologies to actually get to patients. And we have made it our mission to get it to patients anyway, uh, through new ways uh, to get the costs dramatically down, right? To allow self-payers to just pay for it. So we can circumvent all these insurance obstacles that are built up to prevent you from getting this. Um, and so it's a very interesting journey. And, you know, my background is I'm I'm an interesting blend because I grew up in a very medical household, very passionate life science and medical parents. Uh, so I learned a lot about all kinds of things, microbiology, how medicine is practiced and all these things behind the scenes. Then I studied economics, uh, went into more business and investment topics. And that's exactly the right blend of skills that I need now, right? I need to deeply understand medicine 
but you also deeply need to understand economics because that's the problem with the whole. Um, so uh, do you currently, well, I've got all kinds of questions, but uh, uh, the way that, that your company is constituted, do you currently work with physicians or do you have consultants or, uh, you know, who, who provides the medical advice? Yeah, we have physicians inside the company. We also work very closely with a physician group that's de de dedicated to our kind of mission and our technologies. Um, so yeah, we are all about, I always say we, are, we look like a genomics company from the outside, but at the inside, we are a medical intelligence company. And that concept of medical intelligence, I kind of invented this a little bit. Uh, and because I think this is the true missing piece. You want medical intelligence so all people, when they have a problem, or even before they have a problem, can go to one point and say, hi, I'm Ron, do something, you know, keep me alive and safe. And then the medical intelligence system kicks in, asks you a bunch of questions, does comprehensive medical intakes that are never being done, by the way, even though they should. Uh, so we ask much more questions, much deeper questions, create a profile. From there, you can derive diagnostics approaches and screening gaps. Uh, and then, you know, go into more precision and advanced screenings. If you have a problem of some sort, same thing, then we connect the dots and say like, why, what kind of problem is that actually? Instead of blindly ordering random tests, right? Standard of care style. Uh, it's more about no, but why, how are these problems connected? What might be the underlying reasons? What is a hypothesis that's most robust? What is the most robust, the second robust? the third most robust hypothesis and how can we validate or invalidate each hypothesis what is the diagnostics you know tree that comes out of that what are the risks for you and the costs and all these things they need to be all crunched so you have an intelligent take on your health with an intelligent pathway to resolve the problem that might sound like a thing that's already happening but it's shockingly not happening hmm. and that is the great opportunity here yeah it sounds like it and before I ask my next question, just so I'm not assuming anything on the part of, of any of the listeners, you use the term genom genomics, which seems to be very important uh, in terms of your work. Can you just define it so I'm sure we, we're all speaking a common language? Yeah, generally, we you know when people talk about genetics, which is a little more widespread, it, that refers to the hereditary piece, like the inherited genes you have. Whereas genomics is more of a technical term that's more comprehensively looking at everything that is gene related or DNA or nucleic acid related. So to give you one example, um, when you look at genetics, you know, inherited genes you have, that gives you a great insight into all kinds of things. But there's also things happening after you're born that change your genome, right? Your epigenetics, your methylation status, the, the gene activation, the cell differentiation, but also cancer, right? You introduce new mutations that create cancer or drive cancer, tumor growth. All of that is normally not called genetics because genetics is about how you inherit certain traits. It's called genomics because it's about using the genome in all kinds of ways. And so genomics is a broader term that leverages this genomic technology. And genomic technology is basically all the technology that investigates nucleic acids, RNA and DNA, 
and can detect can use it in all kinds of contexts. And what's very important to understand is that there is a huge disruption and inflection point in genomics in terms of costs and power. And so now we can detect cancer early stage in the blood, for example, that has not much to do with genetics, with how you inherit things, that has to do with what's currently in your blood and can we pick up signals of tumors in the body? Well, one of the concerns that I've had with my field of psychology and the field of medicine is that really um, they sprung up out of a kind of a disease model uh, kind of dealing with acute disease as opposed to emphasizing prevention. And it sounds like your goal is to kind of turn that on its head. So I'm wondering uh, in an ideal world, uh, what would you see uh, kind of the, I, I'm asking you a question that can't be answered quickly, but it, it, as simply as possible, in an ideal world, what would the healthcare system look like, you know, employing the, the concepts that you're, you're uh, using and recommending? Oh, I can answer this very quickly. That's exactly what we are doing. So in the future, you have a medical intelligence solution, Serenity. That's how we, that's the product we are doing. And Serenity Foundation is kind of your entry point, $500 entry point. And what that does is it takes all the data in, all your data that's available, including lab tests, family history, medical history, all the data, crunches the data with a medical intelligence engine on the back end and tells you, Ron, here's what's going on with you very likely. And here's what you need to do to stay ahead of any kind of disease. And that is informed by the entire depth and knowledge of medicine. But it's informed in a much more intelligent way than like a random dog saying something, right? It's it's actually taking everything into consideration and has a much more holistic picture. So for one patient, let's say there's a non-symptomatic patient that identifies care gaps and risk profiles and says, based on your family history, there's a certain risk that you're carrying a certain genetic predisposition. We recommend genetic testing. For another one, we see, oh, you are late to your A1C test, right? To understand if you have any elevated blood sugar. Um, and for a third one, we might see, oh, you are late for a bunch of cancer screenings that puts you at very elevated risk of death if you don't get them done. Mm. And then connect you to care coordinators so you just don't have to do anything. Someone calls you, it's like, Ron, it's time for a FIT test or colonoscopy or A1C test. Do you have insurance? Uh, do you know where to get this test? Is there any problem Why, you know, that you got delayed? Should we help you with something? That's simply put the future of medicine. And if you would do that, you could cut, you could cut you know, deaths roughly in half wow. per year in the United States just by doing that. And then the next level of that, would, if you have symptoms, it does the same thing. Right, you, you plug in your, your symptoms and say like, well, boom, here's what needs to happen. And I don't have the numbers on that, what that would do, because it's hard to do the numbers on that. Uh, so not on screening, but on symptomatic reactions. Um, but I know anecdotally from tons and tons of patients that that's exactly where the system fails again, like in centralized, balanced, you know, risk balanced care coordination. 
first you go in and then your primary care doc might overlook something. Then you have an endocrinological problem and go to an endocrinologist. And then the primary care doc doesn't coordinate with them. And then you have a problem. Then no one wants to take you know, control of the case. Everyone is just a piece of it. So you want basically a system that puts medical intelligence around the patient first as a layer above all of medicine to make sure whatever happens to you is thought through and according to the deepest intelligence you can get. That would solve basically nearly all problems we have. Fascinating. So I, if I get this information, uh, can I just take it to my physician uh, or does somebody have to be, uh, does a physician or specialist have to be coordinated with uh, your, your program in order for somebody to get the most use of it? And uh, what is just generally, what can I do with this information if I want to, you know, I've got something detected early. How how do I go about getting it taken care of? Yes, the short answer is everyone should have a physician on site, kind of locally, because we are mostly in telemedicine. So we always coordinate with physicians if possible. And um, the question if you like your physician or should switch your physician, that's up to each patient, right? And the relationship because the physician needs to be engaged. Um, but what Serenity introduces is basically a secondary layer of care coordination that sits on top of everything. So that way we make sure nothing falls through the cracks. Because what cannot happen, and that's exactly what happens in nearly all cases right now, one physician refers you to another physician and no one is in charge. And that has to stop. So with Serenity, Serenity is in charge. And we don't tell the other physician we're in charge. We just, if they are fully in charge, we're very happy about that. But we are a backstop. It's like in case someone drops the ball, and by the way, in nearly all cases, someone drops the ball, <laughs> there needs to be a backstop that says, wait a moment, didn't we just say we need this test and this test? And didn't we just have a strategy? Why is the strategy not being executed? And then normally it says, like, oh, I thought that's the oncologist, not me. I'm the surgeon. It's like, well, so, the so like it, someone needs to take care that all these things happen, and someone has to make to, someone has to make sure that the right things happen. So once somebody is into your system, then you do handle this this backup work or the coordination or something like that. Yes, exactly. If if required, some people have very fancy concierge docs, and they want to do all these things, and we are more than happy to pass it on to them. Okay. But we always watch it. You know, we are the medical intelligence tool that checks on everything. Like, is this actually being done? And if not, we plug the holes. And and at this point, do you have a limited number of diseases uh, that that you can do this with, or uh, does it cover everything? Or you know, are you starting out and continuing adding more? diseases that you can detect or, or how, what's what's the state of the art now well the way we constructed the system is what we don't want to do is to make it the patient's problem and make the patient the care coordinator you know basically and that's exactly why we cannot be picky with conditions we have to say well who decides that right so if we say we only do a to z 
A2Y or something, then the patient has to figure out what he has and then pick their providers. That's bad. That's not the idea. The idea is if you have any problem, there must be a there must be a point that you can go to that solves the problem or helps you solve the problem. And that's how it's set up. So it's not limited to any condition. Of course, we have certain strengths, right? Cancer detection, for example, cardiovascular, like the base neurodegenerative. If it's some super rare problem, but even then we are helping um, by connecting you to experts, for example, right? But if you know what helps you, it's like, oh, that's not my problem. I can't deal with that. Then it's always the patient's problem. And that's, that can't be the solution. That's not the future. And do you deal with uh, cognitive issues too? I know people worry about dementia and Alzheimer's and stuff like that. Is your system equipped to, to, to identify that? Yeah, there are definitely two interesting fields that are very challenging. One is neurodegenerative and cognitive and the other is mental health, right? They're tricky because uh, in uh, neurodegenerative uh, terms, medicine has let us down a little bit, and there's not much that very conventional medicine can do. All the Alzheimer's and Parkinson drugs look bad, and um, but there's new, there's definitely new intelligence out there that goes more to lifestyle and nutrition and exercise and these things that are actually heavily impacting that. And that's like, and doctors often don't know exactly how to handle these topics because. It's not totally validated yet. And so, yes, we, we tend to, you know, again, like we are here to assess what's going on and then we jump in and help you to some extent or we say you need experts and help you organize the experts. So in that sense, we always help. Um, but what we learn more and more in chronic conditions, including cognitive decline, that these softer approaches or systemic approaches, nutrition, exercise, lifestyle, seem to be the big needle mover. And so that's about specialized nutritional support and things like that, that we are building up more and more. Great, so it covers kind of an overall approach to lifestyle management in, in cases like that. Um, yes. So tell us about the 20 questions. What, what, how does somebody get to them and what, what is the, the general format of them? So the reason we invented the 20 questions is our Serenity product line, right, is, is definitely more expensive because it starts with $500 for the assessment. And then from there, it can easily get to the Serenity Complete Early Detection Screening Bundle is like roughly $4,500 a year. So there are lots of people who want that, but there are also lots of people who can't afford it. And... We already brought down that price dramatically because whatever is in the market that does similar things costs normally 30,000 plus, right? That's a very elite concierge medicine crowd normally that does that. We brought it down and made it pretty accessible at $400 a month for these complete precision screenings. But of course, we also work with governments and, you know, we know population health and we know that, you know, even 500 bucks a year can be a big problem for a lot of people. And so the idea was, can we create a product that is free, that moves the needle, that solves problems on an intelligence level um, better than, than a government or a current healthcare system can do? And that's how we invented the 20 questions. Because we found out that you know, 90, 92% of Americans 
have gaps in their preventative care and their standard preventative care. So only 8% of Americans actually get all preventative care done in time, which is crazy. And so that affects all kinds of diseases, cancer first, but cardiovascular or general health. Now, why is that? Because primary care is not set up in a way that can handle that because you need to have better intakes. You need to understand the latest guidelines. You need to ask the right questions. No one does that. I've never met a primary care doc who does that correctly because they don't have time. There's like, they don't have the tools. They don't have the technologies. How do you even do that? And then if you do it, who interprets the data? You know, who understands the latest guidelines? All of them across all disease categories. And so what we build is the first medical intelligence tool where you can simply answer 20 categories of questions. It's a little more than 20 questions. We just call it 20 questions. It's a little bit more, but in 20 big questions. And then we identify based on all the guidelines, your care gaps, like based on standard of care, are you late to anything? And then we help you um, get this done by telling you clearly, okay, you have three problems. You're late to three things. This is, you know, an A1C test. This is like an annual physical and this is your lipid panel is late. And then you take this to your doctor and he hopefully knows what to do or she. There's also an upgrade option that we built into 20 questions where for 95 bucks, you get a care coordinator on our side so to actually help you through because we saw a lot of people are stuck somehow. Maybe they don't have insurance. Maybe they, they hate their doctor. Or maybe they don't know what to do next. And we need to charge something because then we need to handhold people. Mm -hmm. um, but that's a, that's a much more affordable price point. So our goal here is close all the care gaps. Great. Well, You've done a, a wonderful job of explaining this, but I'm sure people might have some additional questions. And I don't know, is there, how, how do they, they find out, first of all, how do they access the 20 questions, but also how do they find out more about this and more about the options and things of that nature? So on the serenity side, if you're interested in this next level of medical intelligence for prevention or for symptomatic topics, just go to getserenity.life. So that's pretty easy. Get serenity and then dot life, not dot com. And for the 20 questions, I always recommend everyone to go there is 20 questions.life. So the number 20 and then questions.life. Okay. Well, we'll have that all in the show notes. Um, but if I understood correctly, the 20 questions are totally free that you have exactly. other products that are uh, more complete but but it sounds like starting with the 20 questions is a is a really good place to start absolutely yeah i there's no reason not to do it you want to know what's going on so and do you have a, a website or are you on social media i mean it sounds like this thing is uh we're, we're not at a completed point that there's new stuff coming out all the time if, if somebody wants to keep up with again it sounds so very exciting that uh i i i've got a pretty a pretty intelligent audience and i think uh a number of them will want to you know stay on top of this so uh absolutely i mean the best way to stay on top is uh, my youtube channel uh save your life with joe so if you just google uh, or not google like put in the youtube search Save Your Life with Joe should pop up. And uh, that just launched in, in uh, 
in May this year. And uh, yeah, that's where I'm like posting videos on all kinds of topics that are related to how to protect and save your life. And that goes mostly into precision medicine and screenings, but also a little nutrition and generally cases and questions people have. Okay. And uh, if I'm correct, I think Joe doesn't have an E on the end. It's J-O. Am I correct? J-O, which is just short for Johannes, which is my German name. Yeah. Yeah. I just, uh, assume that uh, there is some story to it, but I, so it wasn't just a fancy way of, of spelling Joe, but that started with Johannes. Uh, Johann, or is it Johannes? Johannes? Johannes. <laughs> okay, well, I mean, this has been so, so educational and really appreciate you taking the time to explain this. I really am going to be encouraging a number of people to look into this. Uh, we share a common interest in wanting to you know, make people uh, enhance their longevity to not assume that, you know, as you get older, that you're going to be declining, but there are things you can do from a preventive standpoint. And uh, this is a wonderful time with AI and genomics and everything that's, that's available these days. It's a wonderful time to be able to put some of these things into practice. Um, Again, I, I really appreciate what you've told us. Is there anything you think I should have asked you but didn't or anything else that we really should be aware of in, in moving forward? No, I think that was a very well-balanced set of questions. I mean, I just can encourage everyone, you know, go to the 20 questions, check out Serenity, and also be aware that medicine has fallen behind quite a lot compared to what's possible. And I think the next five to 10 years will show an immense advancement in medicine, uh, much greater than the, during the last 50 years. Uh, and that is a very exciting point in time. And it's all about watching out and keeping track on the, the latest. Yeah, the, I mean, it was one of the first things that you said is this gap between the technology that's available and, and medicine. I think that there's probably also quite a gap between you know, kind of disease management and prevention. And hopefully, uh, hopefully both of us are going to contribute to making things move in what I think is the right direction. Yeah. And I, I mean, maybe the last message here is like, I think it's important to understand, now I'm talking as an economist, how detrimental broad systems can be to innovation. And for patients, what that means is you need to seize control of your health and the medical you know, protection you get. And that means you need to understand what's going on. You need to not trust too many people and really become knowledgeable of you know, the plan. And it also, unfortunately, has something with paying. Like if you rely on your insurance or Medicare to take care of you, you are in big trouble because... These systems are not set up to protect you. They are set up to save themselves money. And it's that simple. Like that's not leading to the best results for people. Uh, I'm always surprised at how many people uh, are knowledgeable about the, their car's body or their uh, computer's body uh, and fairly ignorant about their own body when there's information available for them. So I think... 
that's a really great final message that you gave us. Really enjoyed our conversation, learned a lot from it, anticipating learning more from you, Joe. So uh, thanks again, and uh, really looking forward to, to what you're going to be producing in the future, as well as uh, what you've contributed to the field already. So uh, this brings to the conclusion another episode of Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. So happy to present Joe Bakhti to you to talk about the prevention and the technology that's there to prevent if we can early detect, if we can detect early some of the diseases that are really doing a job on our population and there's such a better way. So uh, please check out all the information. You'll find it in the show notes. Although I hope that you'll listen to the podcast again, you'll tell your friends about it, download it, rate it, review it, and be back next week for another really interesting and informative guest. Uh, probably won't be on the same topic as today because there aren't too many Joes around who are doing this kind of work, but it's really important work for the world and, and for the health of, of all of us. And uh, on that note, we're going to bring the podcast to a close. Looking forward to seeing you next week. In the meantime, stay positive and stay safe. See you next time.